The Secret Room is proud to partner with Audible.com. You know them, the audiobook store on the internet that has the world's largest library of audiobooks. And they also have audio productions original to Audible, like Original Series and a production of Romeo and Juliet. They've got all the bestsellers and all the new releases. It's just a really great source for audio entertainment. Try them out for free. If you mention The Secret Room, Audible will give you a free download. Get the offer now at audibletrial.com slash secretroom. Thanks. Welcome to The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories no one ever tells. I'm Ben Ham. We heard from so many people who were touched by Marie's vagina secret last week. The episode's titled Virginish, and if you haven't heard it, I want to warn you that there are some spoilers ahead. So rewind your pod player to episode 35 first, if you haven't heard it yet. You'll recall that Marie, who's 26, secretly has a condition called vaginismus. Vaginismus is vaginal tightness causing discomfort, burning, pain, penetration problems, or complete inability to have intercourse. It hasn't slowed her down in life, of course, but she can't have penetrative sex, and that's kind of a bummer. And enter Deborah, a woman who I've interviewed for a secret that hasn't aired yet. She texted me and said, OMG, I have just listened to the latest episode. I had the same disorder. I never knew it had a name. Holy crap. I love her observation that men think their penis can fix her and a lot of other things. Ha ha ha. She has such a great attitude. Deborah, who's 51, suffered from this condition from the ages of 19 to 33. She saw specialists and declined surgery and other radical approaches. But that was about 30 years ago. Not that there are any real treatments today either. So Marie's story was kind of a revelation for her. Hey, Dan. Hey, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Hang on. Um, Marie, are you there? Yes. Deborah, are you there? Yes. Okay, great. Yay. <laughs> Naturally, I had to get both of them on the line. So, Deborah, what was your reaction when you heard Marie's story? Oh, my God. I used to have that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was a while ago, though. And it was during the time where we didn't have email or blogs or podcasts. The name of it, I didn't even recognize. My doctors didn't even have a name for it back then. So, so Deborah, when were you aware that you had vaginismus? I don't think I really knew I had it going through adolescence. Um, I was unable to use tampons as well, but I, it didn't occur to me that there was something different about me. When I really knew I had something going on was when I lost my virginity. I was about 19. It was you know, somewhat painful the way I was told it might be, <laughs> but that pain never subsided over the years and a subsequent boyfriend or two and when I was married at 27, the pain never subsided and it actually got worse. And I actually had to use like a, a numbing cream called lidocaine before I would have intercourse because it was just excruciatingly painful. Marie, uh, we, we didn't talk about solutions like numbing creams in your interview. What do you, what do you think of that? I haven't had the opportunity to consider needing it. I don't feel like using a tampon is worth using lidocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but if, yeah, it's like it's not that big a deal. I'm not sexually active right now, but if I were, that would that lidocaine would definitely be an option I would look into. And Deborah, do you have any ideas about what might have caused your condition? I, you know, I 
called it kind of religious guilt. I got baptized and I joined a group on campus, a Christian group. You know, I did always have the sense that if I was a good girl, I would wait until I was married. But when I didn't, I I think that definitely had some underlying conflict there for me. And Marie, um, you pointed to similar influences in your life in, in your interview last time. Yeah, it was definitely, it's still kind of the same case, the same question. So Deborah, how did, how did you get through this? Um, I did notice after I had my first child that this problem gradually subsided over the course of a year or two. I've been afraid sometimes that it would return. And then I also think the psychological part of it and getting more comfortable with sex and with my body. I do recall having a very, very poor body image throughout high school and throughout my 20s. Thank you. I think it all applies. Maybe it's just a waiting game. Maybe it's just like waiting until I'm sexually active, waiting to see what pieces fall together physically, as well as psychologically, just waiting it out. There's a lot of life ahead for you. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever told anybody else, Deborah? I, th- I may have talked to one of my closest girlfriends, but my parents didn't ever talk to me about sex growing up, that sex was normal and healthy. Uh, I didn't know that on my own. I got more of a religious message from the world than I got a a normal, healthy part of being a human. Well, what do you think of that, Marie? No, I don't have any other questions. I was just really helpful. It's nice to know that not only finding somebody else who has had it, but someone who's kind of had it and seen the other side. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It will just, you know, dissipate, go away. Yeah. And and the other side is is really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. You have a lot to look forward to, girl. Yay! <laughs> what a great moment. That's the words of wisdom ever. That's right. Good luck to you, though. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Maureen. All right. Bye, Deborah. It was nice talking to you.